on these three lives. Welcome, listeners, to the 48th chapter of the QAnon Anonymous podcast, the General Flynn episode. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Rakotansky, Julian Fields, and Travis View. This week, we're going to be exploring who but our favorite former intelligence officer, national security advisor under Trump, briefly. For 24 days. Briefly. And uh, three-star general, Michael Flynn. The three stars are for the uh, the... The Son, the Sin, and the Holy Ghost. I'm not Christian, so I don't know what Wow, the- <laughs> that is... Butchered that. Holy <laughs> shit. Uh, what is it, though, supposed to be? The, the Spirit? The Holy Trinity? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, Christ, it's Christ the Father and the fucking... Christ the Holy Father Ghost? and the Holy Ghost. Okay. Travis, help yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, The Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Father, Just... Son, and the Holy Ghost. There we go. Don't look at me like you knew that the whole time, Jay. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> well, either way, Travis will lead us through the idea that Flynn is a Christ figure, a martyr for the QAnon cause who took a rubber bullet. Just <laughs> such an interesting way to sacrifice yourself. <laughs> I, hey, honey, I would take a rubber bullet for you. <laughs> In fact, I'd take it into the bathtub and play with it. <laughs> <laughs> Just little rubber ducky bullets. Yeah. Michael Flynn in a bathtub full of bullets. And his little son is like pew, playing pew, with them pew, for pew, him. Pew. So after all that, a very Flynn adventure has been written until who knows what time in the morning by Jake. And uh, yeah, I don't know what it's going to be about, but I do believe it involves Michael and his beautiful big boy. To be perfectly honest, even I don't really know what it's going to be about. This is this is how we like it. <laughs> this is what we come here for. This spills forth from Jake's subconscious. I have a feeling I do remember some point like around 4.30 in the morning uh, writing in parentheses like next to something like Julian will edit out. Just what? The thing that you had written? I had ju- written something so horrible, but was like too tired and like too, yeah. uh, you know, uh-huh. just really trying to power yeah, through. Know. And I was like, Julian will oh, wow. edit this out Daddy later. will excise. <laughs> but before all that. QAnon news. We have a ton of QAnon news this week. Yeah. And our boy's been back up in oh, the spotlight, yeah, yeah. in the limelight. Been, yeah. been very, very active. So first up, uh, QAnon followers absurdly claim vindication following the arrest of Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, QAnon followers were celebratory in the wake of billionaire Jeffrey Epstein's uh, arrest for sex trafficking. For example, here is a tweet from Joe M, a.k.a. Storm is Upon Us. The arrest and soon conviction of child sex trafficker Jeffrey Epstein reflects all that Q observers have been howling about, that our government, entertainment, and media industry is run by powerful elite pedos glued together by a code of mutual blackmail that keeps them in power. I really feel bad for Joe when he learns about the entire history of mankind. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the, the problem is that the credit for bringing down Epstein uh, partly belongs to reporter Julie K. Brown of Miami Herald, and uh, the women who came forward to tell how they were victimized by Epstein. Mm, what about Cernovich trying to write well, him out right. of history? <laughs> the hero? Brown's three-part investigative series, Perversion of Justice, unearthed a lot of new information about Epstein's victims and the secret deal in 2008 that helped Epstein avoid serious charges. As I pointed out in my Washington Post column this week, Manhattan U.S. Attorney Jeffrey Berman and the assistant director in charge of the FBI's New York office both credited the reporting for assisting with their own investigations. So here we have an example of how a traditional journalist at a local mainstream media newspaper helped expose Epstein and bring 
him closer to justice. And the Chandonauts, who did nothing, who are worse than useless, claim credit for themselves. And I think this episode really illustrates the narcissism at the heart of the QAnon community. They say that they want to help save children and bring down powerful, corrupt people. But if they really wanted that, they would give credit to the people who actually did those things. Uh, you know, instead, they just want to feel important, significant, and heroic. So they just claim credit for themselves. It is, it is actually that that's funny because I think there would be at least some... They would be buying some credibility if they at least started by talking about the victims and about the two uh, female reporters that did the work that that helped a lot uh, towards unraveling this and and exposing Epstein. Yeah. But they just don't. Which, by the way, there's none of that in their mouths. It's, nope. it's not a hard care. thing to do. What you've suggested is to look at the truth. And this in so many ways, is a massive win for QAnon. You know, it, to say, oh, yeah, well, there's a billionaire and he's a pedo and they, they found CD-ROMs with people's names. I mean, in a lot of ways, this tracks for them. The, yeah. And instead of capitalizing on that and saying, like, yes, this is amazing. Like, we owe everything to these two reporters. Like, you know, see, we, sh we should listen to the Vic. And, and, you know, even if they even if ingest they're playing into what you know what they would normally label sort of a, you know a more uh, left-leaning sort of view it would help their cause so much but they don't well, yeah, they but don't do any of that it's, it's but also like, like they need it to be satanic there has to be all these rituals there needs to be so much more for them to be in any way correct this is just a pedophile. Yeah, this is that right. everyone yes. had already identified as a pedophile before QAnon even existed. Yeah. Correct. This is all. Yeah, this has all been known for more than a decade. And it's it's all been yeah, for. and guess what? The mainstream media is exactly what broke this open. Yeah, yeah, totally. That and and that combined with the victims' bravery, pushing and pushing and pushing until people like Acosta, until people uh, like uh, Trump, until people like the Clintons were no longer able to kind of you know, control the information. Yeah. So it's like, it is a win. It's a win for humanity, humanity, justice, like the basics, but they should know, have taken it. They no, should they, have just taken that win. Yeah. And they would have looked at the very least, uh, gracious. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because yeah, because what they care about more than anything else is having them being the ones who did it or who them being the ones who are right. If they give credit to the mainstream media, if they give credit to Julie K. Brown, for example, then they have to recognize like, oh, like traditional journalism, traditional reporting gets that results. Actually, it gets results. And and they can't do that. They have to they have to believe that. Oh, no, no. It's just us posting and memeing on 8chan. That's what does it. As a consequence of the renewed interest in uh, the Epstein story the QAnon community, uh, they have been talking again about Rachel Chandler. And uh, Rachel Chandler is a woman who was photographed with Bill Clinton on a plane belonging to Democratic donor Ron Burkle, different billionaire. Uh, but because the QAnon community tend to believe stupid things, they falsely claim that the photograph was taken on Jeffrey Epstein's plane and that Chandler was somehow a, a madam for Epstein. There is zero evidence that Rachel Chandler has any connection to Jeffrey Epstein whatsoever. And it's dangerous and cruel to spin baseless stories about an innocent woman. But since the QAnon community doesn't give a fuck about targeting innocent people, they almost certainly will not stop. There's also an actual madam, a documented yep. Yep. madam. Yep. Why, yeah. why yep. invent one? There's one, there's a photographed mm -hmm. madam. Yep. Oh, because she's on his arm in that photo with fucking Trump. So it's maybe a harder sell. It's yeah. harder to draw little red lines on a, on a picture when you have to cut your guy when out your of boy, it. Yeah, when your boy's front and center. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, I will say, um, we, might, we, might, we might, I don't know if this is appropriate, but 
Julian, you can be the you can be the judge. But we have a friend I who I won't I won't name who went to high school with Rachel Chandler. And he fucking hit us up and and asked us. He was like, "Hey, do you guys know what's going on with Why this? Why the he, fuck is she?" Yeah. He was like, "My friend is getting like super fucking harassed." Like, oh my god, it pisses me. It's so. He nuts. was like, but he was like, dude, she had to fucking delete her Instagram. And like, yeah, she did. He was like, all this stuff. I don't know. And it was so funny because he has no idea what the whole QAnon thing is either. So him as like a to- like as like a normie coming yeah. in, being like, dude, why are these people like harassing her? Like, I she's wonder just, what she knows. Just that, like, that's know? what they when yeah. they say bring the pain that's what they mean they're gonna get people to delete their instagram right. accounts yeah right. second story capitalizing on the epstein arrest q made dozens of new posts in the past week uh, here is one of them sessions began the epstein investigation when that is revealed those who doubt it may see the light the wheels of justice turn slow but when they turn they are powerful 10 times speed now underway we are back online Pelosi attempted block Q. Personally, it feels like there's like a new guy behind Q. Uh, He often writes in complete coherent sentences. Mm -hmm. And even when he does include strange cryptic phrases, they're totally new. Uh, For example, there's one that uh, Q has repeated, wheels up. A lot of QAnon researchers speculate that it's referring to the company Wheels Up, which offers a mobile app that allows users to book a private plane for an hourly rate. Yeah, but so, it's also like kind of LARPer guy uh, speech for yeah, taking a plane. Like, yeah, in fact, like, it came up in the in the QAnon comic book. Yeah. Wheels up uh, for Lima, Peru. Like that was yeah, that was like uh, what the I think his like uh, yeah, I think they think that that's what like him. military guys say when they're yeah. out leaving on a mission that they go like wheels up. Marine. It's just some military know. LARP shit. Yeah. Sort of sounds like to but me. then they're like, yes. What if we looked up what it actually meant, and then they Google it, and then they are like, they and find, yeah, they so find like a primary school that <laughs> called <laughs> Wheels Up for Children, and they fucking you know call in the nukes or whatever. Yeah. In uh, one of the posts, Q also referred to the recent sex trafficking arrest of singer R. Kelly. Highly related. Uh, interestingly, Q has never once referred to R. Kelly before this. Uh, which, considering the long-standing credible allegations against him, seems like a missed opportunity for a Q proof. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who who here at this table was surprised uh, that yeah. R. Kelly was federally indicted for child trafficking? Yeah, I don't think that was a big surprise to almost anyone involved. It was one of those he had it coming for a decade and more. Same, same with Epstein. Yeah. yeah, everyone fucking knew he'd been covered by the mainstream media, was, and yeah, there, there was just lo- a, a miscarriage of justice at the at the court level. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. So the mainstream media documented lots of R. Kelly's victims, and uh, Q didn't mention R. Kelly once. So I guess another point for the mainstream media. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's because Q uh, really likes ignition. <laughs> My third story, uh, right-wing activists file a formal complaint with Hillary Clinton's local police department <laughs> demanding her arrest. <laughs> so there's no evidence that these individuals are QAnon-related, but it's certainly QAnon-adjacent. Adjacent, adjacent yeah, say. for sure, for sure. It. This story was reported by Christina Zoa for Newsweek. Members of the Equal Justice Tour, a group of right-wing activists filed a formal complaint with the Newcastle Police Department in New York this weekend calling for criminal charges be brought against Hillary Clinton. So a live streamed video of the incident shared on Facebook depicted uh, a member of the group handing over the documents to an officer inside the police station. The activist told the officer, Some of us are veterans and we swore to defend the Constitution from domestic enemies. 
You added that Clinton was a public servant and she should be held accountable. So now we're looking to hold her accountable. You as a lawful officer, you took an oath to uphold justice, uphold the law. And so these he added while holding up a small stack of papers that he said were signed and notarized. The officer responded politely. Uh, okay, I will take these and forward them to the prosecutor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. These people, they, they yeah. want, they just want Hillary Clinton to be arrested so bad. This all yeah. they think about all day. This oh, my God. Can you imagine, like, the pizza party that these guys had afterwards when they turned in the documents and they were, oh, man, dude, did you see the look on his face when I handed him the documents? Oh, man, yo, pass me another Sprite. Man, oh, dude, you, oh, you guys should have seen it. Like, it's, oh, man, I wish I was there. I would, in fact, in yeah, fact, I'm going to join. I'm going to join yeah. that that, that group. Right. Jake, uh, Jake find had them. to leave the the podcast. He moved to Chappaqua to join a local militia. <laughs> Me hanging, I'll be like, you guys think it's going to happen tonight, or? <laughs> <laughs> For my fourth story, a woman vandalizes Boston Catholic Church with QAnon references. This is maybe the best thing QAnon has done. <laughs> this story was reported by CBS Four in Boston. Um, Police say that on the evening of July 8th, a woman allegedly threw a large piece of cement through a stained glass window at Sacred Heart Church in East Boston and defaced the doors with graffiti referencing QAnon. On two doors, the vandal wrote JFK Jr., the number eight QAnon, David D. Rothschild, and the word fat ass with an arrow pointing to David D. Rothschild. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, that it, fat ass pedo. It's. It's very big butt. Uh, yeah, it's got a big pedophilic butt. Um, I, I do, I do love this because for once, QAnon is taking some form of action that may be somewhat ancillarily related to pedophilia, a an institution that is known for rampant pedophilia mm -hmm. and child abuse has had a window broken. This is, this is, this is you know, it's illegal. It's wrong. Travis's eyes are communicating this to me very, uh, very clearly mm -hmm. that I should c quiet down and calm down about encouraging people to do illegal you activities. Condemn. However, <laughs> condemn. <laughs> I condemn. Condemn the Catholic Church. Now, you you go through the trouble of breaking a window with a brick. Mm -hmm. Not a not an easy thing to do, from personal experience. It's actually pretty easy to do. If you have a brick, you failed? <laughs> what, the brick bounced back? What are you, a fucking Looney Tune? Uh, another story for another time, perhaps. <laughs> but but the funny thing is, is uh, she goes through all this trouble to break the window and put this graffiti on, but instead mm -hmm. of being like, the church is responsible for like this many like assaults of like children yeah. or like anything, she wrote, JFK Jr. Mm -hmm. ate QAnon... Fat ass, fat ass, QAnon, eight JFK senior, and some sort of weird, uh, weird uh, reimagining of like hopscotch. I just love the idea of being like, okay, so, so this family, the Rothschilds, they've been controlling the uh, financial system for centuries, possibly millennia. He's got a fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> He's fat ass son hanging out, failing uh, Rothschilds. For my last story, I have. 
uh, Iranian restart opposition follower arrested in Australia after climbing Sydney Harbor Bridge. Mm. And this was reported by the Sydney Morning Herald. On July 7th, a 33-year-old man climbed Sydney Harbor Bridge in Australia and addressed Donald Trump in a video that was later uploaded to social media. In the video, the man identified himself as a member of the QAnon-aligned restart opposition movement, which seeks to overthrow the Iranian regime. Uh, the man also appears to have tied an Iranian, U.S., Australian, and Israeli <laughs> flag to the bridge. <laughs> Interesting. During the protest, uh, officers from the police rescue and bomb disposal unit arrived and removed the man. Yeah, they disposed of him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, congrats, dude. Climbing a bridge at 33, like I'm 35 and I feel like I'm my bridge climbing days are over. Yeah, I think my like stair well. climbing days are over. <laughs> the man says this in the video. President Trump, I have a message from the Iranian people to you. The lions are waking up. The patriots are awake. All the patriots around the world are together. We are all together in this fight. This story is interesting to me because you know we we did the uh, QAnon Iran episode and uh, we learned that the leader of this movement, Hosseini, is like directing people in Iran to do all these crazy things, yeah. firebomb buildings and uh, you know uh, deface uh, buildings and stuff. And now it looks like the followers of this movement are running ops in, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, Western countries now. Restart opposition mm -hmm. member has yeah. done done things quite this uh, nonviolent. It's true. So um, I think that if you're a fan of this podcast, you should climb a bridge and yeah. put our logo up on the <laughs> just if you get arrested, tell them we sent you. Apollo's going to do it. The General Flynn Deep Dive with Julian Field. Michael Thomas Flynn was born in Middletown, Rhode Island on December 24th, 1958. He sounds like a fucking Mark Twain character. Yeah. His parents were Roman Catholics of Irish descent. His mother was a real estate agent and his father a small town banker. Michael is one of nine siblings. He earned a Bachelor of Science from the University of Rhode Island and a Master of Business Administration from Golden Gate University. So not too bad. No. In 1981, he joined the U.S. Army in military intelligence as a second lieutenant after graduating from the Reserve Officers Training Corps. In 1983, the year I was born, he participated in the U.S. invasion of Grenada as a platoon leader in the 82nd Airborne Division. Over his military career, he has served in North Carolina, Hawaii, Louisiana, and Arizona. Flynn rose among the ranks and eventually became Director of Intelligence for the Joint Special Operations Command, or JSOC which he led in both Iraq and Afghanistan. In 2012, after Michael continued to rise through the ranks, Obama nominated Flynn to be the 18th director of the Defense Intelligence Agency, or DIA. Despite his now infamous involvement with the Trump campaign and administration, Michael's family are actually historically Democrats, and he's registered as such at least until the 2016 election, and actually online he's still listed as a Democrat, so that's fun. Uh, now, before we jump into the juicy stuff, his involvement with the Trump campaign and his subsequent fall from grace, let's just take a look at some highlights leading up to 2016. In June of 2013, Flynn was the first U.S. officer in history to visit the GRU headquarters in Moscow, this on behest of Igor Sergun, chief of the Russian military intelligence agency at the time. By 2014, Flynn resigned from the DIA one year before his term was up. An email that Colin Powell, former Secretary of State under Bush, sent his own son in 2016, stated about Michael's resignation. I spoke at DIA last month. Flynn got fired as head of DIA, and 
I asked why. Abusive with staff, didn't listen, worked against policy, bad management, etc. The leaked email contained a conversation the Powells were having about Flynn's speech to the Republican National Convention in 2016, where he led a lock her up chant about Hillary. Both agreed that it was extreme, and Powell Sr. called Flynn right-wing nutty. Flynn's lack of subtlety was nothing new. He had a reputation for simplistic and extreme thinking among his subordinates at the DIA. A New York Times article claims that his statements were referred to internally at the DIA as, quote, Flynn facts due to their varying levels of truthfulness. Throughout his post-9-11 career, Flynn repeatedly claimed that the biggest enemy of the United States was simply Islam. Flynn has also been fond of saying that Sharia law is spreading in the United States, despite no evidence to back that claim. In February of 2016, he tweeted, Fear of Muslims is rational. Please, forward this to others. The truth fears no questions. And then a suspicious-looking YouTube link. So the YouTube video he links to is one of the stupidest I've ever had to view. It states that, quote, Islamophobia is an oxymoron and, quote, Islam wants 80% of humanity enslaved or exterminated. The author of the video is IQ al-Rasuli, an Iraq-born, UK-based anti-Islam activist and conspiracy theorist who has stated that the Quran is a, quote, rambling, incoherent, jumbled scripture of hatred and enmity that no true God would ever have revealed to anyone, and accused the Prophet Muhammad of, quote, committing crimes against humanity on a massive scale. Actually, when I visited this guy's website, it was like GeoCities level. It's like burning fire with like swords in front of it, talking about how like Allah is like basically a terrorist. And it's, I mean, you can't make this shit up. And the guy has, of course, been like interviewed by all the right wing people as this kind of like spokesperson on what's, you know, because he has a name that's Arabic. Yeah. But he's, he's UK based uh, and he was just born in Iraq. He's just one of these guys like David Icke that's just gone completely off the deep end and the right wing loves to use him when it's convenient to use him, you know? I mean, same with Jerome Corsi, basically. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's not a surprise then that General Flynn worked agreeably with Steve Bannon during their short stint together in the Trump administration. Flynn, of course, is also on Twitter. In October of 2016, he banged this out on his IBM ThinkPad. Follow Mike at Cernovich. He has a terrific book. Gorilla mindset, well worth the read. At real Donald Trump will win on 8 Nove. Flynn has retweeted alt-right loser Milo Yiannopoulos and anti-Semite and Islamophobe Jared Wyland. He has tweeted about Anthony Weiner's laptop, which Jake loves, mm -hmm. and how the supposed evidence it contained would, quote, put Hillary and her crew away for life. That's obviously a reference to the frazzle drip video of, yep. of right. her and Huma Abedin skinning and eating or whatever, a child. Uh, uh, so just your regular shit. You get the picture. Apparently, he's, he's a fucking lunatic online. Allegedly, it's it's they're not eating. They skin, they they a surgeon what? cuts off no. the child's face. That's and the, what do you and, mean apparently? Have you seen Huma, it or not? No, but this was in a Huma. nuke. Q actually in his fucking flurry this oh. week, like kind of made reference to what the mm. videos are, what the five five shit is. And they claims they claim that Usu um, usually Travis says, uh, no, let's hear him out. In this case, he has his face planted <laughs> in his hand and he's fucking doing disappointed dad at you for but, a good reason. But our what listeners should know. But our listeners right. should, should know. Should they know? Should they? They, they should know. It's it's so so I, I was led to believe, and I think many, many uh fellow anons <laughs> were led to believe that this was them eating a child's face, but it's not. Oh, it's okay. it's a it's a surgical setting. There's a there's a surgeon uh, mm. who looks like 
some sort of doctor. Yeah, and he's called he's, Dr. Pimple. He, he's Zip. using a, a yeah. scalpel to cut off the child's face. Yeah. And then, allegedly, um, Huma and Hillary, t- friends, um, friends, wear the child's face and dance and like dance around this kind of medical office. Like, what is this? The a fucking face. TikTok video? Yes. I mean, <laughs> oh my God. Fuck you, Travis. <laughs> Fuck you authentically and seriously for turning me on to TikTok because I it it sends me notifications now and I I click I click and it's off man and it's and it's these (laughs) kids who honestly look like they're like twelve years old they all have the same haircut (sighs) I think we need to okay we're gonna move move on on. yeah we're gonna move on sorry in December of 2015 Flynn attended a gala in Moscow in honor of RT the Russian government's English language propaganda outlet he sat directly next to Vladimir Putin at his table and RT paid him $45,000 to give a talk on world affairs this broke the government rule which stated retired military intelligence officers were required to seek permission before receiving money from foreign governments Flynn then did not disclose the speech on his application for security clearance renewal 2 months later In July 2016, Flynn spoke at an anti-Islam meeting run by ACT for America. They're fucking pure trash. Uh, At the time, a Turkish coup d'etat attempt was underway in an effort to unseat President Erdogan. During that speech, Flynn sided with those attempting the coup, explaining that they would help reverse what he saw as uh, Erdogan's move towards Islamism. Then in September of that same year, Flynn, through his consulting outfit, was hired by a company owned by Kamil Ekim Alptekin, who also happened to work for the Turkish government. Less than two months after that, on election day, Flynn did a 180 on Turkey, publishing an op-ed for The Hill supporting Erdogan's regime and claiming that Fethullah Gulen, the opposition leader, had a vast global network that Flynn claimed matched, quote, the description of a dangerous sleeper cell network. So just, uh, you know, a little bit of money, change the tune. He was later busted by the Daily Caller and Politico, who aren't even, you know, particularly left aligned, <laughs> among others, of course, uh, for failing to disclose his ties to the Turkish government and worse, for having the Turkey-connected company review drafts of his op-ed before publication. In March of 2017, Flynn registered himself as a foreign agent with the Justice Department recording $530,000 worth of lobbying work carried out before the election. The payment came through a Turkish businessman using a Dutch-based company. God, what a piece of shit. I mean, just... Just... just. Like, hey, I I just love that QAnon loves this guy because the guy could not be more of like a class... Like, if you're going to call... I'm not a big fan of this dumbass word traitor and this idea of like national security at all costs, but... This guy is like the definition of a traitor. Yeah, like yeah. He, he's just like the guy who sold policy to like a foreign government. Yeah, he's wholly amoral. It's like he'll, <laughs> like yeah, I mean he'll do whatever the yeah. money tells him to do. Yeah. This is your hero. And he's like Erdogan. He like hates Islam so much. And then Erdogan, you know, in his perception, is like too. Uh, he's bringing Islamism back to Turkey. You pay him half a million dollars. Actually, Erdogan is good. It's like, have some fucking backbone, you turd. I have seen the error of my ways. Uh, of course, also when he put in this this thing where he declares that he's a foreign agent with the Justice Department, he basically opened and closed his status as a foreign agent. Like he was like, yes, I'm a foreign agent. And this is the last of it. <laughs> that was it. He was like, this is please record the end of this. It's like when I got now. it's like when I got caught with dope by my parents <laughs> yeah. in high school. This and was I the was, only time I've ever smoked in my like, life. I was like, I have never owned a bong. <laughs> 
Uh, I've never. Yeah. I was holding this for, for a friend. Yeah, and it's the la- and it's this will oh. be the last time. And I've you know ever what I realized? Pot. I realized it was a mistake. But I realized that two days ago, before you busted me, and I was already going to give him back the bong. But I just like haven't seen him at school for a couple of days. I've been busy with homework. You yeah, know? I really didn't know what to do with the bong, which is why I put it in my backpack. Uh, I forgot I was going to the airport today. So that same month, former CIA director James Wolseley publicly stated that in September of 2016. While working for the Trump campaign, Flynn attended a meeting with Erdogan's son-in-law during which they discussed abducting Gulen to get around U.S. extradition laws. How did Wolseley know uh, about this? Well, he happened to also be in attendance. Uh, so, so just these meetings kind of stacking up and he's getting told on by people who are actually there, which is very hard to uh, avoid. Then another meeting that's come up, uh, you know, that's had some scrutiny is the one that Flynn and Jared Kushner attended to promote a nuclear deal that would transfer United States technology to Saudi Arabia for use in a Russian-American project. Very cool. During the transition, Obama told Trump that he had, quote, profound concerns about Flynn returning to a national security position. Trump appointed Flynn national security advisor on November 18th, 2016, and the media began focusing a little more on Flynn. From a July 2016 article by Ryan Devereaux for The Intercept. Malcolm Nance, a 35-year veteran of the intelligence and counterterrorism world, said the portrait Flynn paints of an updated and expanded version of Bush's axis of evil, one linking ISIS to the governments of North Korea, Venezuela, and Cuba, strains credulity. Nance, who has written a book on defeating the Islamic State, called Flynn's analysis, quote, a Tom Clancy novel, end quote. <laughs> Which is so QAnon. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. His view of the world is a Tom Clancy novel. QAnon loves him. <laughs> no surprise there. Uh, from a November 2016 article by Matthew Rosenberg and Maggie Haberman for the New York Times. He is a very talented information gatherer, said Sarah Chias of the Carnegie Endowment in Washington, who worked with General Flynn when he ran military intelligence in Afghanistan from 2009 to 2011. But his thinking process is not sufficiently analytical uh, to test some streams against others and make sense of it or draw consistent conclusions, she said. If you listen to him, in 10 minutes you'll hear him contradict himself two or three times. (laughs) Andrew Bosovich, a professor of history and international relations at Boston University and a West Point graduate who fought in Vietnam, was equally unsparing in his critique of Flynn's national security prescriptions. Quote, Anybody who thinks Venezuela and Cuba pose a threat to the United States is uh, truly unhinged, Basovich said. If General Flynn would spend 10 minutes reading a newspaper, he would note that Venezuela is really a country that is on the verge of internal collapse. It, It doesn't threaten anybody. Flynn's characterization of the radical Islam threat flies in the face of the past two administrations, Bosovich argues. Quote, unlike General Flynn, uh, both President Bush and President Obama have wanted to avoid any implications that the United States is at war with Islam and or the roughly 1.4 billion people on the planet who are Muslim, he said. For Flynn, this is a conflict with centuries of historical precedent. Quote, In my book, I talk about how in the 15th and 16th century, people were fleeing from Europe to flee the Christian Reformation and coming to the New World, he explained. Quote, these immigrants are coming into Europe and the U.S., they're fleeing this revolution that's going on in the Islamic world, and they're trying to find a better life. The problem, he claims, is that the, quote, enemy is infiltrating inside of that, and they're bringing it to us. What? (laughs) What? Keep going. 
<laughs> They're bringing it to our homeland, Flynn said. And they already have. <laughs> Flynn's clash of civilization's worldview is precisely what worries his critics. And there is scant evidence that his prescription for the region, which Basevich paraphrased as a, quote, try harder model of what the U.S. has been doing for three decades, would yield new results. What's more, Basevich added, implicit in Flynn's prescription is the unanswered question of how much his vision would cost the United States. How many Americans and other allies are going to die, he asked. In the war that we have fought since 9-11, it's cost us trillions of dollars, and there simply is no evidence that things have gotten any better. In December of 2016, Flynn met with Heinz Christian Strasse, the leader of the far-right Freedom Party of Austria, known as the FPO. They had their little get-together in Trump Tower. The FPO, which was founded by ex-Nazis in the 1950s, had recently signed a cooperation agreement with Putin's United Russia Party. On December 29, 2016, Flynn had a conversation with Russian Ambassador Sergei Kislyak after the Obama administration accused Russia of attempting to interfere with the election. On January 4, 2017, Flynn told soon-to-be White House counsel Don McGahn that he was under investigation for his work with Turkey. Sixteen days later, Flynn told then-National Security Advisor Susan Wright to halt the invasion of Raqqa that uh, the U.S. had planned alongside the Kurds. Of course, this meticulously organized operation was then delayed by months, a move that many found suspicious because it aligned directly with Turkish interests, who are no fans of the Kurds. The FBI interviewed Flynn on January 24th. Based on what he said during the interview, Sally Yates, who was acting attorney general, informed McGahn that Flynn was compromised and that blackmail by the Russians was a risk. She also told McGahn that Flynn had lied to Pence about his conversation with Kislyak. The Trump administration said they would look into it, but called the blackmail thing, quote, kind of a stretch. On February 8th, Flynn denied speaking to Kislyak about potentially lifting the sanctions Obama had placed on Russia in the aftermath of the election interference scandal. U.S. intelligence officials contradicted Flynn's statement the next day. Flynn then released another statement that, quote, he had no recollection of discussing sanctions, but couldn't be certain that the topic never came up. <laughs> On February 13th, Michael Flynn resigned as national security advisor. He held the position for 24 days, the shortest stretch in the history of the position. On December 1st, 2017, Flynn agreed to a plea bargain with Robert Mueller and pled guilty to, quote, willfully and knowingly making false, fictitious and fraudulent statements. Why, why, why do they make it like a like a weird, like slam poetry thing? False, fictitious and fraudulent. Like we're still carnival barkers at heart, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, so anyway, so yes, uh, to, he, uh, making those false, fictitious and fraudulent statements to the FBI about his conversation with Kislyak. More specifically, Flynn admitted that he told the Russian ambassador to, quote, refrain from escalating in response to the sanctions that the United States had imposed against Russia that same day, which you know obviously led people to believe that what he was telling him was like, don't retaliate. When I'm in power, we're going to take those sanctions back. And so that that was the kind of the, the source of what got him fired because he lied to Pence about it. Um, anyway, so and you don't lie to fucking Pence. That's right. Yeah, he's known to he's known to say his favorite phrase, which is "liar, liar, Pence on fire" because oh, wow. he's so mad. Did you prepare that, or does that did you come no, with it? Or? I just kind of wow. Yeah, no. If there's somebody that I would like credibly believe uh, would be in a frazzle drip video, it's Pence. Like yeah. he looks like he could wear a child's face uh, with grace, yeah. with grace and ease. <laughs> mm -hmm. So then things got really stupid and messy and annoying because Flynn started claiming he'd been entrapped and then Mueller denied it and it became part of the continuous stream of diarrhea that is the Mueller report news cycle. 
And then Trump softened up and was nice to Flynn again because he didn't need to be fake friends anymore, especially after the Mueller report flopped so hard. So then, of course, now the whole right is like, why did you why did you take the deal, man? You're a hero. And then in June of 2019, Flynn fired his law firm yeah. <laughs> and, and hired Sidney Powell, a lawyer who had argued in a daily caller op-ed that Flynn should withdraw his plea. But, <laughs> but see, uh, all is well because on June 13th, 2019, Trump tweeted, General Michael Flynn, the 33-year-old war hero who has served with distinction, has not retained a good lawyer. He has retained a great lawyer. Sidney Powell, best wishes and good luck to them both. I'm just so glad Flynn is finally getting married and Trump is putting the cans on the back of the car. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking. It is uh, all. Everything just is like one big fucking joke. It's just like. It's just PR stuff. Everything is just. It's all optics, man. Oh, my God. On July 12, 2019, prosecutors in the Flynn case released a statement including the claim that, quote, the government has multiple independent pieces of information related to the Turkish government's efforts to influence United States policy, including on Fethullah Gulen, who Turkey wanted to see extradited. The statement was read aloud in court by an attorney for Flynn's former business partner, Bijan Rafiekian. Rafiekian and Flynn are accused of illegally lobbying for Turkey with aforementioned Dutch-Turkish businessman Kamil Akim Alptekin. The statement claims that this lobbying effort was organized, quote, because of Michael Flynn's relationship with an ongoing presidential campaign. A July 12, 2019 article by Rachel Weiner and Spencer H. Sue for the Washington Post reads, According to the prosecutor's statement, however, the government has collected evidence that Turkey cultivated a relationship between Alpikian and Flynn that did not relate to Rafekian or their firm, the Flynn Intel Group. Alpikian is charged in the case but remains abroad. A spokeswoman for Alpikian has denied the project involved the Turkish government. So, so that's the latest, and he still has not been sentenced. It's now, of course, like, obviously after the Mueller report came out, everybody on the right was like, we don't actually have to ever pay for anything we do. Yeah. So everybody was like, Michael, get the plea yeah, out. Fuck like, yeah, fuck them. Yeah, fuck them all. They're yeah. not going to do shit. They're, they're not going to do shit. They're fucking standing yeah, throw, down. Yeah, throw Pelosi's not going to do shit. Fucking Mueller's not yeah. going to do shit. They're all... Yeah. It turns out they never cared all along. Wow, what a fucking surprise. Right. So it this is, is Flynn. Flynn... Flynn basically, I'm pretty sure, does what every single person in his position has done forever. He just does it worse and got busted over and over doing it. Yeah. He's just so bad at doing it. He's so obvious. He's incapable of laundering money. He doesn't know how to, like, not take on the worst clients at the worst possible time, like right as we're putting sanctions on the country or something. He, He has literally attended a gala sitting right next to Vladimir Putin and the entire American intelligence community and government was like, Wait, what? What the fuck is he doing there? Yeah. A three-star general sitting next to the leader? I mean, yeah. <laughs> but you know who was across from them, even funnier? Jill Stein. <laughs> yeah, that's but right. Who fucking knows why? Because the world means nothing. But she a, got a, a she, gala by RT. She got the invite. Right. <laughs> they love her. Well, that's because Russia loves those kind of uh, yeah, people. They, that they are love kind the fringe people. Yeah, they love of, chaos. They, they sort of like uh, create a little bit more uh, harder divisions yeah. within the U.S. Uh, political sphere. Which I actually think gives me slightly more hope that Bernie is good because I don't think the Russians like Bernie. They're yeah. like they're like oh. they would rather him be a little more of a marginal figure so that he could actually cause like pure chaos, not have any risk of actually exceeding the power, which is what right. Jill Stein is. She's yeah. perfect for them because she just creates that kind of wedge. I'm, I have nothing against uh, third party votes and nothing against Jill Stein, but I, yeah. I can understand why Russia would look at it and go tactically. If we want to create more chaos here, 
We inject the right with uh, insane nationalist white supremacist bullshit. Yeah. Uh, and we fund like any fringe group possible. It's it's literally it's right out of their playbook. Yeah. Like, this is right out of the playbook of Vladislav Surkov uh, in, yep. in Russia. It's been the technique that they've been employing for a while now. And I got to say, pretty good. They got the, <laughs> right. they got the GRU to kind of make right. some mess with the emails and the leaking and stuff. Meanwhile, they're funding this. They're yeah. doing that. They're inviting this guy. They're making they're they're, they're playing anybody who's a fucking dumbass and right. who's who's basically viable to create awkward and embarrassing situations that that fraction up the power and it's like yeah there's they're good God. at what they do <laughs> they are yeah. i have to say QAnon and general flynn with travis view now people in the QAnon community believe that q is a group of military intelligence officials and since uh, General Michael Flynn worked in military intel and was, in fact, the director of the Defense Intelligence Agency, he has a special place in QAnon. The earliest Q drops to reference Michael Flynn call attention to his intel background. For example, take this November 1st, 2017 Q drop. Very early on in the in the, yeah. in the Q universe. Yes, in the it, Q universe. It's just a few days after the uh, <laughs> for very first Q drop. Military intelligence. No media. No leaks. How many MI generals have been in, out of the White House in the past 30 days? Focus on Flynn. Background and potential role. What is the common denominator in terms of military backgrounds close to POTUS? Since Michael Flynn was a DIA director under Obama, QAnon people believe that he knows all of the terrible things that Obama, Clinton, and the rest of the deep state criminals were up to. Of course, the fact that Flynn is part of Q's master plan is kind of hard to square with the fact that he was charged with and pleaded guilty to federal crimes. But logical incoherence has never been an obstacle for QAnon. On December 4th, 2017, just three days after Michael Flynn pleaded guilty to lying to the FBI, Q said this. Who knows where the bodies are buried? Flynn is safe. We protect our patriots. Q. And let's be clear, it is not in serious dispute that Flynn spoke to Russia's ambassador the same day that Obama administration announced hefty sanctions on the country and then lied to both Vice President Pence and the FBI about the content of that conversation. The fact that Flynn lied was even acknowledged by Trump himself in the December 2nd, 2017 tweet. I had to fire General Flynn because he lied to the vice president and the FBI. He had pled guilty to those lies. It is a shame because his actions during the transition were lawful. There was nothing to hide. <laughs> Despite all of that, uh, parts of the QAnon community believe that Flynn was either unjustly railroaded or that his prosecution was some part of phony act that was part of the plan to take down the deep state. Of course, months went by and it still kind of seemed like Flynn was in hot water. On March 27th, 2018, an impatient Anon told Q to free Flynn. Here's how Q responded. Done in 30. House cleaning. White House secured. Final stage. Q. So uh, a lot of people interpreted that to mean that Michael Flynn would be freed in 30 days. And then 30 days passed and Flynn was not freed. God, man. Ugh. But by this point, QAnon community had been extremely accustomed to uh, constantly getting their hopes dashed. And so they shrugged it off. Doesn't matter. Yeah. So Q spun a new theory that Flynn pleaded guilty to crimes he did not commit in order to enter testimony about the evil deeds of the deep state. Mm. 
mm. is the kind of legally incoherent theories that Q really enjoys. Great. It's a great twist, too. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, of course. It all makes sense. He, yeah. he pleaded guilty knowing that he would have to enter evidence into the case and that uh-huh. they couldn't ignore it. And yeah. <laughs> so here is the April 27th, 2018 Q drop about that. Why would Flynn plead guilty to something untrue to find testimony, to find on record? Who knows where the bodies are buried? Flynn is safe. Expand your thinking. Q. I think Q would personally murder Occam. Like he would just take him and just beat him to death in like a driveway with a tire iron. He just refuses. He's like, why would Flynn plead guilty to something untrue? Why not just consider that he pled guilty because he's guilty? Why, why is that impossible Big to consider? Is he up? Everything is an illusion. Nothing yeah. the mainstream media reports is accurate. Because the thing is, is like Flynn could be a great bad guy in the Q universe, really, if if they if they if they wanted to. I mean, think about it. He was registered Democrat most of his life. He was, yeah. Ob- you know, Obama appointed him. He's making deals with Russia and fucking Turkey. We, Q could very easily have been like. He is a bad guy. He's a, a traitor, treason. Uh, 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 uh. Why does it smell bad, even though I didn't shit my pants? <laughs> Ask yourself. Yeah, I mean, he could he could work totally within the framework of like the QAnon of of the Q universe. We'll call it. Yeah. Same day as that Q drop, uh, Q implied that Michael Flynn was somehow set up by FBI agent Peter Strzok. Then this is where the Michael Flynn stuff kind of bleeds the Spygate a bit. And you might remember that Peter Strzok was the subject of some controversy after the release of redacted texts between him and FBI lawyer Lisa Page, with whom he was having an affair. Uh, Strzok sent several texts bashing Trump before he was uh, elected, and many people in the QAnon community and the mainstream conservative media cited this as example that Strzok was part of a deep state witch hunt against Trump. Yeah, I love that you can't even write those sentences uh, without going, and the mainstream conservative media. Well, yeah, now I you mean, just have to be like, well, yeah. yep, they're all doing conspiracy stuff now. Yeah. Yeah. There's no separation anymore. It doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> Some, sometimes they sometimes yeah. they bleed together. That's yeah, right. sometimes. And there's a lot of pressure being put on Fox News to go even more that way. They'll be like, Fox is actually not real. They're going to be uh, MSM soon and Mockingbird if they don't change their ways. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, they don't like the weekend. They don't like the weekend uh, broadcasters. Yeah, (laughs) There was a whole campaign about it. So here is what Q said in April 27th, uh, 2018 Q drop. Who interviewed Flynn? What redacted texts were released yesterday? Coincidence? Why did Flynn take the bullet? Rubber bullet? (laughs) (laughs) It's not... It's less noble to take a rubber bullet because it's less harmful. And we, the, the expression "take a bullet" is the, the idea yeah. is that you they're sacrificing you're sacrificing yourself because because being shot is horrifying and is painful, and taking a rubber bullet is bad, but not as bad. So it's not as it's very weird metaphor is it, that he's trying to Q's trying to spin here. Why did Flynn take the bullet? Paintball. <laughs> <laughs> Throughout all of 2018, the QAnon community was certain that Flynn would be exonerated. Their final hope was on December 18th, 2018, the day of Flynn's sentencing hearing. As that day approached, the QAnon community became convinced that the judge in that case, Judge Emmett Sullivan, would finally put an end to this whole charade. He would throw out Flynn's guilty plea, reprimand special counsel Robert Mueller's team for nefarious investigating practices, and reveal how Flynn was framed by Andy McCabe and Peter Strzok. And the day of Flynn's sentencing hearing came, and Judge Sullivan 
absolutely rip Flynn a new asshole. <laughs> when describing how Flynn had to work for uh, the Turkish government before he joined the White House, Judge Sullivan gestured to the U.S. flag behind him and said, arguably, that undermines everything this flag over here stands for. He also said, quote, I am going to be frank with you. This crime is very serious. I can't hide my disgust, my disdain at this criminal offense. This was such a funny event because they were so sure. Oh, this Judge Sullivan guy, they thought he was going to stand up and he'd say, oh, the deep state is going after this. We're going to throw your sentence out. They had all his hopes and he like did the exact opposite of what they thought he was going to yeah. do. In they were so wrong. Yeah. And anything resembling a militaristic or a far right wing or fascist state, Flynn would be fucking executed in a public uh, setting. Oh, yeah. Like, he'd, oh, yeah. he's 100% in <laughs> yeah. those terms, which, again, I'm not saying are right, but he's 100% a traitor. After being disappointed yet again, the QAnon community did what they always do, double down and insist that this was all part of the plan. Some even speculate that Flynn was purposefully seeking punishment for a crime that they believe he did not commit. Here's what one QAnon follower on 8chan said after that sentencing hearing. Theory. Flynn is the keystone. <laughs> Removing a keystone brings down everything. Flynn is seeking a sentence that he does not deserve. Flynn is declining to maximize his outs. Flynn is eager, ready, and willing to be sentenced because Flynn is the keystone. And when he gets sentenced, it triggers Act 3 and sets in motion the legal developments which will bring total destruction to the deep state. Like act three in a movie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They They're always, just talking. Okay. You're watching Third movie. act. Yeah. Denouement. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sure. Yeah. As of this moment, Flynn has still not been exonerated and it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Well, Robert Mueller has asked for a lenient sentence and requested no jail time for Flynn, citing his substantial assistance in the Russia investigation. It remains to be seen whether or not he will actually be spared jail time. Q has spun some interesting tales about Michael Flynn, but is Flynn himself down with QAnon? Well, while he was attending the Phyllis Shafley Eagle Forum Conference in September of 2018, he did sign a few books with the QAnon slogan, Where We Go One, We Go All. So it seems to suggest he, that he is. However, oh, come on, he does. On Twitter, his son, Flynn Jr., explicitly denied that this meant that Flynn was a QAnon follower. This is what Flynn Jr. tweeted in response to that. This confirms nothing. My father took pictures with a ton of people at the Phyllis Shafley Eagle Conference last Friday night. Regarding what he wrote in a book, he signed WWG exclamation point WGA. He was asked to write that, okay? Enough of the conspiracy theories. Wait, wait. So is this written this, correctly? He this, did put the exclamation point This is copied and pasted. So this is, all errors are his. That is incredible. Wait. Oh, he just tweeted fast, though, that the one is, yeah, there's the exclamation point. Yeah. Jesus yeah. fucking Christ, man. How, I just cannot fucking believe that this is what we have to do. To understand politics today, you have to parse the equivalent of a fucking scrawling on a fucking bathroom stall. It's so fucking dumb. It's so stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Julian's going through it. I can see it. He's sweating. His eyes are closed. His beard's a little bit longer than normal. God, <laughs> he's, he looks like it. he's on one. Michael Flynn Jr. scoffing at conspiracy theories related to General Flynn is particularly ironic. In 2016, both General Flynn and Michael Flynn Jr. promoted Pizzagate. On November 2nd, 2016, uh, Flynn tweeted a link to a story with unfounded accusations about Hillary Clinton and wrote this. 
You decide. NYPD blows whistle on new Hillary emails, money laundering, sex crimes with children, etc. Must read. The tweet was shared by over 9,000 people, but was deleted from General Flynn's account somewhere between December 12th or 13th, 2016. About a week and a half after the infamous uh, Pizzagate-inspired shooting at Comet Ping Pong. But even after that shooting, and this is insane, Michael Flynn Jr., and also a member of Trump's transition team, tweeted this. Until hashtag Pizzagate proven to be false, it'll remain a story. The left seems to forget hashtag Podesta emails and the many coincidences tied to it. This is like like even after the shooting, like all the people who were like promoting Pizzagate, they backed away from it. They deleted their, 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 they they tried to distance themselves from Pizzagate as much as possible. But Flynn Jr. is like, hey, I still think there's something here, man. On December 6, 2016, Flynn Jr. was forced out of Trump's transition team. Spokesman Jason Miller did not identify the reason for Flynn Jr.'s dismissal. However, the New York Times reported that other officials had confirmed it was related to that tweet. (laughs) While General Flynn is maybe down with QAnon and Flynn Jr. is definitely not down with QAnon, the rest of the Flynn family is all in. (laughs) Joseph Flynn and Barbara Redgate, the siblings of General Flynn, are 100% QAnon followers. Uh, Flynn's sister has posted several tweets that contain the QAnon hashtag WWG1WGA. Joseph Flynn has done the same and even posted uh, a tweet that just contains the letter Q prompting QAnon followers to celebrate. Dude, that's who it is. That's who Q is. It's just this big old family together in their basement taking turns on the fucking, you know, on the old on the old iMac. That checks out in terms of writing styles. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's really just I mean, actually actually the more I think about it, that actually makes quite a bit of sense that they kind of they trade off, they, you know, they, they, uh, you know, they, they sit together, they come up with new storylines, they come up with new, they call you know, it, they call it angles. quality time. Yeah, it's quality time with the family. They don't want to watch, uh, you know, they, they don't want to watch that fucking, that liberal trash, uh, oh. you know, on television. They, when they want to, you know, get the, get the craft uh, mac and cheese into the bowl, cut up the hot dogs. We're going downstairs and we're going to, we're going to do Q drops again as a family. Like we used to. <laughs> oh boy. Can I do, write the first drop? Papa. Absolutely. Nothing <laughs> matters. Who gives a shit? Yes. You can write all of them. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Joseph Flynn later deleted that tweet claiming that his Twitter account had been hacked. Oh fucking come on. But he still gave a nod to QAnon believers saying that he may have been hacked by the team, a reference to the Q team. Oh, Doyle rules. <laughs> Joseph Flynn has taken the additional step of appearing on the QAnon livestream Patriot Soapbox several times. Now, I regularly take screenshots of Joseph Flynn's QAnon activity on Twitter. And as a consequence, he once referred to me as a strange man with a stranger hobby. And you know what? That's fair. That is <laughs> that is the truest thing that entire family's output, probably in the history of their entire bloodline. <laughs> I love it. You see, you looked at the tweet, you read it, you couldn't believe you were involved, first of all. And then yeah. you, you yeah. thought back to the last two years of how the fuck you're in this position to begin with. And then you went, you know what? Yeah, it's fair fair got a point. Yeah. This, uh, this one, I'm not going to argue with you. Now... The last tweet from General Michael Flynn's own Twitter account occurred on December 2nd, 2017, and it just consists of Flynn's resignation letter. However, that doesn't mean that Michael Flynn's Twitter account has been totally inactive. Uh, Periodically, the header image on his account changes, Mm. and many in the QAnon community believe that Flynn is signaling something to the Anons whenever he does this. 
For example, in March of 2018, General Flynn's Twitter header image changed from a surfer on a big wave to a surfer on a small wave. Mike, you can't you can't make this shit up. I mean, this is just like it changed from a Labrador to a Labradoodle. <laughs> Here's what one QAnon researcher had to say about that. Uh, pretty sure General Flynn is sending messages with his background pics, uh, something I've done for years on various platforms. Uh, he hasn't tweeted in months, but he has updated his background twice in a few weeks. Uh, the bottom pick of the current one, which changed in the last day, uh, the first wave uh, top pick was a beast, uh, but Ryder was staying out front. Uh, so potential danger, <laughs> but, 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 but not so much for a seasoned pro. Um, now, now... <laughs> <laughs> now the wave is an easy peel and three footer uh, Danger pretty much nil uh, I suspect things are looking brighter for the general Soon he'll be hanging ten slash chilling Hanging God. slash chilling But this He's is chilling. like Surfanon Surfanon has Surfanon. hit the boards <laughs> Surfanon has hit the boards uh, Surfanon here uh, I am getting intel currently that Hillary Clinton is going to hang loose in January 2019, General Flynn changed his Twitter background image to a sunset over a body of water that caused popular QAnon promoter Incarnated E.T. to tweet this. Something just ended. General Flynn updated his background picture. Sunset? <laughs> Watch the water. It's literally just Windows XP backgrounds <laughs> in the pictures folder. Like, it's not even... It is. I never really... Watch the water hang 10. Yeah. There's all this surf imagery that's sort of making its way in. Very interesting. Yeah. Flynn, for some reason, he has, he has changed his Twitter background picture several times. And they're, they get to work decoding it every single time. It's it's weird. But it is always just generic, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always... Sunset. Yeah. Surfer. Sunset. An eagle. Yeah, it's always, yeah. like, boring stuff. I love that. However, the connections between Michael Flynn and QAnon don't end there. Uh, just last month, as Julian mentioned, General Flynn hired Sidney Powell as his new attorney. Uh, now, Sidney Powell is extremely familiar with the online conspiracy theory world. On Twitter, she has argued that Flynn's prosecution is a horrific injustice and that Mueller's team engaged in obstruction by hiding evidence that exonerates him. As part of a pattern of frequently amplifying conspiratorial rants about the Mueller probe, Powell has also repeatedly retweeted major uh, accounts that promote QAnon and shared articles from InfoWars. Mm. In October of 2017, Powell was also interviewed by then InfoWars Washington Bureau Chief Jerome Corsi, who himself was at one point a QAnon promoter. <laughs> Until he got... He, he, he only stopped because they were like, get off our fucking coattails, Jerome. Now, to, to me, like hiring a QAnon-friendly lawyer seems like a real Hail Mary move on Flynn's part. But maybe it'll turn out okay. If she manages to clear Flynn of all the charges and expose the deep state, I, I will I will eat my words. I on, look forward on, on to this I look forward yeah. to having them yeah. be the 2024 ticket. Yeah. That's all <laughs> I have to say about that. They're gonna win right. and they're gonna rule over Flynn this country. Powell, 2024. Flynn Powell, yep. No. Um Flynn Jr. will be the, mm -hmm. the Holy Ghost. Uh, yeah. <laughs> National Security Advisor. <laughs> yeah, that's the Trinity of yeah, Trinity. running ticket. Yeah, for Flynn Powell and Flynn Jr. In Jr. we trust. This this is, has happened a few times apparently since I yeah. published my last uh, Washington Post article. Someone is impersonating me on Q Research. I have, mm -hmm. by the way, I have never once posted on Q Research. Yeah. I I because I don't think that's uh, 
I don't know. I, I abide by the, the prime directive of non-interference. I'm merely an observer. Yeah. I'm there to sort of uh, uh, watch what they're doing. After years now of this bullshit, uh, finally Travis's wife has spoofed her own identity oh my God. to take him down online <laughs> so he can lose credibility right. and come back to his family and be a normal human back. being again. <laughs> With the help of his daughter, <laughs> together the two, together the two of them tag team different posts. Yeah, yeah. A very Flynn adventure with Jake Rockatansky. Mike Flynn Jr. pulled a whittled down piece of chalk across an old green chalkboard. And who among you can tell me the three trials of Moloch according to the ancient Sumerians? Blank stares from the class. A young woman in the front row blinked her eyes slowly, seductively. Across her eyelids were the words, I hate you, written in mascara. Flynn Jr. sighed. That answer is the call of Moloch, the seed of Moloch, and the fires of Moloch. A loud bell rang. Instantly, the students began packing up their books and scuttling out of the large lecture room. Flynn called out after them. Chapters 11 and 12 tonight in the text, and I'd suggest actually reading them because there's going to be... A quiz. Nobody seemed to care. The last of the students filed out of the room, leaving Flynn Jr. standing behind his oak desk, gazing up at his chicken scrawl covering the blackboard. A familiar voice with a sharp British accent piped up from the classroom. A quiz? I thought you didn't believe in quizzes, Dr. Flynn. Well, haven't you heard, Marcus? It's all the rage. Flynn tossed a stack of papers across the surface of his desk. Doesn't matter anyway. I think the only person excited about learning about the ancient god of Moloch is me. As it should be, Dr. Flynn, Marcus said, putting a hand on Flynn Jr.'s shoulder. Flynn began to pack up his things. To what do I owe this visit, he said, before leaning in and whispering excitedly. Did they find the Da Vinci painting? No, Dr. Flynn, there's a man here to see you. He's adamant that information he's obtained would be of great interest to you. I'll bet, Flynn said with a scowl. He's waiting for you in your office, Marcus said. I expect you'll find your way there. Flynn flashed a gruff smile. I always do. As Flynn Jr. entered his office... <laughs> he always makes it to his office. <laughs> As Flynn Jr. entered his office, he noticed a short, bald man hunched over, waiting patiently in his office. Upon entering, Flynn saw the man was supporting himself with a bejeweled cane. He lit up as Flynn walked into the room, gently placing his leather satchel on top of his desk. Dr. Flynn... How do you do? Flynn reached out and shook the old man's hand. It was weak and pale, covered in open sores. My name is George Soros. Please forgive me for arriving unannounced like some sort of street thug come to collect a debt. Flynn was a little taken aback. Whatever the man wanted, Flynn could be certain it wasn't good. The man had a peculiar smell about him. And as he hobbled around the room, Flynn could have sworn he heard what sounded like gold coins <laughs> clinking together in the man's pockets. <laughs> I can assure you it's quite the opposite. For I am willing to pay a great sum in exchange for, well, assistance in a pressing matter. The man rested his hands on his cane. Not interested, Flynn said, picking up his things and taking a weathered old brown fedora from a nearby rack and placing it on his head. Sorry to have wasted your time. He quickly headed out the office door when the old man called out after him. I have found the Temple of Moloch. Flynn stopped dead in his tracks. There was a long pause. That's impossible, Flynn spun around. It doesn't exist. Oh, but it does, Dr. Flynn. The man hobbled closer to Flynn. 
About a year and a half ago, I got a call from a man who came across a Dead Sea fisherman who claimed he had found a lost scroll written by Jesus Christ. Of course, we were wary. I'm listening. To our surprise, the scroll checked out. Crafted in 29 AD, purported to be written by none other than Jesus himself. Flynn could barely contain his excitement. That's incredible. What does it say? There is a story. Before Jesus was killed, one of his followers was said to have constructed a menorah that would reveal the location of the lair of the damned from which all evil that... Flynn cut him off, finishing the old man's sentence. From which all evil that infects the hearts of men resides. My dad studied the temple. Looked for it his entire life. We thought he was crazy. Flynn glanced down at the old linoleum floor. He hadn't talked to his father in months. Just weeks after joining the Trump transition team, he had mysteriously taken off on vacation. To where? Flynn Jr. wasn't sure. Just then, the old man produced what looked like a small menorah. It was centuries old. Flynn's eyes twinkled. You found it, Flynn gasped. The old man continued. Hidden in the sacred text is a series of musical notes corresponding to specific characters in the Hebrew alphabet. He raised the menorah to his lips and began to play a haunting melody. But what does it have to do with a temple? Flynn asked. At first we weren't sure. And then some music professor in Berkeley figured it out. When played in succession, the notes contain a series of numbers. Coordinates. Coordinates to where? Turkey. Flynn almost jumped with excitement. Wait a minute. That now makes perfect sense. After the fall of the Byzantine Empire, it was said that a sect of powerful rabbis took refuge in a cave where they made a pact with... Flynn trailed off. The man leaned in and whispered something softly. Moloch. Why me? Flynn eyed the man incredulously. Our most important researcher has gone missing. We thought maybe a man of your expertise could help us find him and destroy the temple for good. You got the wrong guy. You want a real expert to help you find the temple? You'll have to talk to my father. The old man picked up a long wool overcoat, draped across one of the chairs in the small office. He hung it over his shoulders and shakily made his way towards the office door. I'm afraid we have Dr. Flynn. He's the researcher who's gone missing. Flynn Jr. peeked out from under his hat. His boat was arriving at a small grouping of wooden docks. Local fishermen yelled at each other from their respective boats, bragging about the day's haul. Flynn removed his leather jacket, revealing a worn linen shirt. Attached to his waist, a holstered pistol, and a long leather bullwhip. It was hot. The strong Turkish sun was reflecting off the worn wooden deck planks. Flynn could just make out a young woman with long brunette hair waiting patiently at the edge of the docks. As the crew cut the motor and pulled alongside the docks, she called out to him. Dr. Flynn! Flynn stepped off the boat and onto the dock. The woman reached out her hand. Pleasure to finally meet you. I'm Huma Abedin. I was working alongside your father when he disappeared. Is that so? Flynn asked. He quickly looked her over. She was attractive, he thought, but he trusted her about as far as he could throw her. Because this matter is time-sensitive, Mr. Soros suggests we start right away. Would you like to see the place where your father was abducted, Dr. Flynn? Flynn Jr. removed his hat and wiped the sweat from his forehead. Call me Florida. A rusty jeep pulled up outside a sprawling apartment complex on the outskirts of Antalya. Women and children scurried into their homes as Florida Flynn and Huma Abedin exited the vehicle and made their way up the stairs into the building. After ascending a few flights of stairs and walking down a long hallway, the pair stopped at a doorway. The hinges on the door had been smashed in, and the door itself hung open, revealing a small apartment in complete disarray. Bookcases turned over, papers and broken glass strewn everywhere. Florida took the scene in. 
Your father was working here, tracking the coordinates to the location of the temple. When he didn't check in a few days ago, we came over and found it like this. Flint clocked the damage in the room. Whoever kidnapped him, they were looking for something. And I bet I know what. Huma seemed interested. Tell me, any information at all could lead us to your father and the men who did this. Flynn rummaged through a couple blue stacks of paper. My dad kept a diary. In it, he claimed to have solved the riddles of the temple. Information necessary to find. Flynn trailed off. Huma spoke up. The Owl of Moloch. How do you know about it? How could I not, Dr. Flynn? The cup is said to grant eternal life to those willing to drink from its beak. That's what Dad thought, too. He noticed a small white cord tracing from one of the power outlets and into a dresser drawer. He carefully opened the drawer and produced a small silver laptop, something the kidnappers must have missed. <laughs> Upon opening it, the screen flashed on, displaying an archaic-looking website with ugly-looking flesh-colored boxes filled with text. 4chan, Florida smirked. Dad would use it every now and again as a fishing hole. Nowadays, when someone's got intel, you don't have to meet him in some alley at midnight. Huma chuckled. It was hard to resist his charm. Tall with slick back hair and a five o'clock shadow, she watched as Flynn made strokes on the keyboard. Look at this. This was the last post he made before they took him. He must have known they were coming. It's in code. Who knows where the bodies are buried? Flynn is safe. We protect our patriots. Q. Who's Q? Aberdeen asked. It's an old nickname he used to use when he was teaching me signals back when I was a kid. But what does it mean? It means he's safe, somehow. Flynn racked his brain. Who knows where the bodies are buried? It's a code. A code for what? I don't know. Flynn put his hat back on and walked over to the windows of the apartment. They opened out onto a small balcony. Florida Flynn stepped out, breathing in the hot, dusty air. Junior? A voice called out. What are you doing here? Flynn spun around upon hearing a familiar voice. Standing there on a neighboring balcony was his father, General Michael Flynn Sr. He was sipping a cup of coffee. Dad, gasped Florida, you're here. It appears I am. These lovely people agreed to take me in when they discovered I was to be kidnapped. He motioned to a small family just inside the neighboring apartment. They waved politely in Florida's direction. But Junior, what are you doing in Turkey? My name's not Junior, Dad, it's Florida. The dog's name was Florida. Your name's Junior. Ugh, Dad, would you... Are you all right? Perfectly so. And might I add, the coffee here is exquisite. The two men continued to yell at each other across the balconies. Did they find the diary? Flynn Sr. looked down at his shoes, lost in thought. They did. Florida placed his hands on his hips and let out a deep sigh. Well, how are we supposed to find the temple? Well, you didn't think there was only one copy, did you? Florida perked up. Okay, so why the long face? Because if they have the diary, it won't be long until they reach the temple. We're running out of time. Huma, Florida, and Flynn Sr. huddled around the small laptop in the still-trashed apartment. Flynn Sr. revisited his last Q post. He clicked a couple times in the center of the post. Nothing happened. Now, I could have sworn it was right. Ah, right. The screen flashed and took him to a new webpage. How'd you do that? Florida eyed his old man. Invisible link! Flynn Sr. equipped, amused with his own cleverness. <laughs> A small white box appeared, prompting Flynn Sr. to enter a password. He carefully began to type. Who knows where the bodies are buried? He clicked enter and glanced over his shoulder at his large son, whose beady eyes were fixed on the computer screen. I knew it was a code, Florida exclaimed. Precisely why I had to enter it, Flynn Sr. snapped judgmentally. 
Scrolling through what now looked like pages and pages of a scanned diary, complete with hand-drawn pictures of ancient relics, artifacts, and maps. I say, Junior, were you able to retain anything I taught you? Flint Sr. asked incredulously. Yeah, never trust a book by its spine. Flynn Sr. allowed his head to collapse gently into his hands. He let out a deep, long, frustrated sigh. Even with my notes, I've narrowed the temple's location to two possible coordinates. He grabbed a torn map nearby and spread it out over a wooden table. The notes on the menorah point to either Antalya or Anamor. The translations leave room for interpretation. No doubt they'll send two teams, Florida sighed. He glanced out the window, clutching the handle of his pistol attached to his waist. He was eager to get out there. We'll only have one chance to decide. A faraway explosion echoed through the town. Through the open window, Florida could see a small wisp of black smoke rising from the desert ridge just outside the city. I'd say that's as good a bet as any. He straightened his hat and stood up, dragging his father with him. He turned to Huma Abedin. Can you get us there? I think so, she said. Then we're wasting time. Dad, let's go. The three bolted up and made their way to the street. A handful of locals had approached their parked jeep, smelling it, rubbing the dust from the windshield on their fingertips. One of the local men grabbed his hand and yelped in pain as he looked over just in time to see Florida Flynn place his long bullwhip back securely on his hip. Hands off. It's a rental. The men scurried away and the three hopped in the dusty jeep and took off down the winding Turkish side streets. No sooner had they taken their first turn, Florida glanced at something peculiar in his rearview mirror. A large military truck had pulled out from a nearby alley and was slowly gaining on them. Anyone expecting company? Florida yelled over the roar of the Jeep's engine. As the truck grew closer, Florida recognized the driver's uniform right away, gray with a tiny red and white armband. Nazis. I hate Nazis. The truck slammed into the back of their Jeep. Huma gripped the wheel hard in an effort to keep the Jeep from careening into one of the many market stands littered along the narrow street. Keep her steady, Florida yelled, leaning out the window and firing a couple shots from his pistol back toward the truck behind them. He watched as the bullets careened off the truck's metal hood. Damn. Flynn Sr., clutching his briefcase, piped up from the back seat. It appears as if they're boarding our ship. What? Florida yelled. Our ship! Yelled Flynn Sr., pointing to a large, turban-wearing man, brandishing a large sword, leaping from the hood of the truck onto the Jeep. Slice! A blade came ripping through the top of the Jeep and boom, wedged itself directly in the center of Flynn Sr.'s briefcase. Let go of the case, Dad. Like hell I will. This case was a gift from the Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salam. Flynn Sr. wrestled with the case, still skewered on the tip of the blade. Without warning, Florida popped open the passenger side door, swung outside of the Jeep, and landed a well-placed hand on their attacker's baggy pant leg. Give my regards to Hitler. And with that, he pulled hard, throwing the man from the top of their vehicle. As he hit the dirt behind them, the truck swerved to avoid running the man over and instead crashed straight into a stack of barrels, exploding in a supernova of burning fuel and flames. Florida watched through the rear windshield as the smoldering heap of metal flames disappeared quickly below the horizon. Faster, drive, we gotta get to that temple. Huma pressed the gas pedal to the floor and the Jeep took off through the bustling city towards the Tower of Smoke looming in the distant desert. The jeep made its way across the vast sand dunes and into the desert. Before long, the three found themselves pulling up to a large crater. In the center, a giant hole surrounded by ash and debris. Whoever had been there had long since gone. Florida wasted no time. He grabbed a rope from the back of the jeep and securing it around its bumper, tossed the other end into the pit of blackness, no telling how deep it went. Dad, you stay here and keep watch. If anybody shows up, shoot them. Oh, nonsense, I'll go down there with you. Both Huma and Flynn Jr. raised their eyebrows. I've searched my whole life for this godforsaken place. If it's down there, 
I want to see it. Florida shrugged. He gestured to the long piece of rope draping down at the ominous cavern, and the three of them began to slowly rappel down. After what felt like an hour, Florida's feet finally hit solid rock. They had reached the bottom. Click. It was the unmistakable sound of a revolver being cocked behind them. A familiar old voice spoke. It's a good thing you escaped. Florida whipped around. George Soros was standing there. The light from the mouth of the cavern illuminated a small section of his face. Our men had orders to kill both you and your father. It was deemed you were disposable once we uncovered the temple. Behind Soros, a large stone temple was carved into the mantle rock. Intricate statues of demons and owls lined its massive pillars. Flynn Sr. looked up at the temple's entrance with a strange look of both horror and joy. We found it, boy. After all these years, we found it. Technically, we found it, quipped Soros. However, without your research, I'm afraid we'd still be in the dark. Men! Suddenly, dozens of soldiers surrounded the trio, all wearing the same gray uniforms, holding automatic rifles. Flynn Sr. locked eyes with Soros. I'm curious to know, what's a prominent Jewish philanthropist doing palling around with the bloody Nazis? An evil grin crept across Soros' face. You don't get it, do you? The Jews are the Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the one where you were like, you're going to have to edit it out? <sighs> well, it's staying in. You better fucking believe it is. What better way to protect our race than by killing so many of our own? No one would dare repeat it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Did you just apologize to your mom? Yes. <laughs> and like dead grandparent, like everybody. Oh, yeah, this is satire. The red pill was so potent you could see it making its way down Florida's throat and into his belly. You son of a bitch, he yelled. He took a couple aggressive steps towards Soros. Wait a minute. Why are we still alive? Huma Abedin dropped her hands to her sides and strutted over next to Soros, placing a hand gently on his shoulder. Because, Florida, we need you to complete the three trials of Moloch. This hit Florida with the force of a class five hurricane. Huma, you're, you're working for, for them? My apologies, Dr. Flynn, but as a connoisseur of ancient Sumerian religions, I'm sure you'll understand my curiosity. And what if I say no? Flynn growled through his teeth. Unfortunately, you won't have a choice. And with that, Huma reached over, grabbed the pistol from George Soros, and fired a single round into Michael Flynn Sr.'s stomach. He collapsed to the ground. Florida rushed over. Dad! Junior, you must go. Bring the owl. It's the only way. Florida stood up and faced Soros, Aberdeen, and the rest of them, his eyes brimming with rage. Out of my way. He approached a long stone tunnel, whispering to himself. First trial is the call of Moloch. The call of Moloch. A giant checkerboard of letters was splayed out in front of him. How do you call him? You, you call him by his name. M. Florida skipped to a stone a few feet away. O. He danced over to another stone. L. Another one. A. As <laughs> it... <laughs> 
As he hit the A, the ground crumbled and gave way beneath him. A cavern of fire and brimstone opened up beneath him, and Florida could hear the terrible wails of the damned. Charred, bony hands reached up from the fires below him, desperately trying to grab at Florida's boots. After struggling for a beat, he was finally able to pull himself up. Oh, he yelled. C-H. Flynn Jr. landed safely on the other side. He looked back over his shoulder towards the entrance. I'm through, he yelled, before continuing down the long stone tunnel. Soon he reached a small chamber. A cylindrical altar about waist high stood at the center of the room. Florida whispered to himself, the seed of Moloch. What's the seed? He glanced around the chamber. Drawn on the walls were crude pornographic images. The people in the images were smaller, almost as if they were children. Flynn glanced back at the altar in the center. The seed of Moloch. You must sacrifice your seed. No, Florida gasped. <laughs> I won't do it. <laughs> Tears began to stream down his face. You must, boy! There's... <laughs> Sorry. This is... Sorry. I don't... I don't... I... You, you must, boy! There's no other way! He heard his father call out from beyond the cavern. I can't. They're children, Florida sobbed. There's no other way! His father's voice echoed in his head. Florida looked down at his waist and slowly began to unbuckle his belt. Jesus fucking Christ, man. <laughs> the other stuff is what I'm supposed to edit out? Three hours later, Florida Flynn made his way to the third and final trial. A lane of fire blazed in front of him. On either side were rows and rows of young children clad in a little more than loincloths. They stood motionless on either side, the light from the flames reflecting in their hollow stairs. Okay, third trial. Fire's a Moloch. I can do this. I can do this. May the Holy Trinity protect me. He flung himself through the flames that they lapped at his skin, burning him horribly as he made his way through the center of a flaming corridor. Just when the pain had become too much to bear, Flynn collapsed inside a small chamber. You were supposed to push the child through the flames, a creaky old voice remarked. But no matter, you're here, and that is the important thing. Every, they're, everybody's shaking their heads at me. This, Just from what's everybody coming. is so mad at me for writing this story, which I, I stayed up all night working on. It can't on. possibly be worse than what you just had to skip through in your own story because you knew there was no good was... next physical scene for Michael Flynn Jr., I guess, jacking off into a, a chalice, essentially. Mm -hmm. <sighs> it's the second trial. <laughs> But no matter, you're here, and that is the most important thing. Flynn looked up, standing before him, barely lit by the torches in the chamber, was President Ronald Reagan. He continued to speak. You see, I've been guarding the Owl of Moloch for 30 years, hoping that the god of evil would someday Find me a replacement. Drink from the cup so that you may follow in my footsteps, a worthy guardian to the owl, and may its powers grant you eternal life so that you too may protect the great secrets of Moloch. I'll take that, 
Soros, along with his men, entered the chamber, pushing the frail Ronald Reagan aside and setting sights on the ornate owl chalice. At long last, I drink from the cup so that our new world order shall have an everlasting king. He raised the cup to his lips. He drank. All of a sudden, thousands of spiders poured through the cracks in the ancient chamber. Soros began to twitch as the insects made their way into his shoes, his pants, under his shirt. He began to howl as the spiders enveloped him, tearing at his flesh, sinking their sharp fangs into every inch of his body. He collapsed to the floor, convulsing as his flesh turned green with poison, and his skin began to bubble and pop as it melted into the stone brick beneath him. Reagan looked up, amused. A grave mistake. The chalice will only bring everlasting life if in it is placed the blood of a virgin. <laughs> Florida looked off into the distance, trying to avoid eye contact with anyone in the chamber. Oh my God. A couple feet away, one of the Nazi soldiers had propped up his father, the gunshot wound in his stomach now soaked with blood. Flynn Jr. looked embarrassed. He glanced over in Huma's direction. She was watching him very intently. He reached into his pocket and produced a small knife. After a long beat, he took the knife and plunged it into the tip of his finger, letting the blood drip out into the ornate chalice sitting next to the pile of flesh where Soros had once been. He gingerly grabbed the cup and brought it over to Michael Flynn Sr. Flynn Sr. looked at the cup in awe for a beat before drawing the warm liquid to his lips. The ground began to shake. A giant crack shot across the floor. A deep red glow from within the rocks began to get hotter and hotter as the ground opened up and began sucking the soldiers down into its depths. Florida grabbed Mike Sr. and with one arm around him made a break out of the chamber and towards the exit. He glanced over his shoulder. As he did, he watched as Huma Abedin drank from the Owl of Moloch. Florida could just barely make out her body as it began to glow a brilliant blue. And then she was sucked into the darkness. Rocks fell around them. Pieces of the temple were falling from the ceiling into the abyss that was slowly gaining on them. Come on, Dad! Florida yelled. It took all of his might to carry his father through the crumbling temple, finally throwing themselves through a small opening where the sunlight just barely peeked through. When he came to, both he and his father were laying in hot sand. Behind them, the ground had caved in, completely sealing in the temple forever. I'm sorry about the girl, Florida, Flynn Sr. said. The blood in his shirt was now gone and his face seemed to look 10 years younger. Florida looked out over the vast desert. He wiped some debris from his face. I have a feeling we haven't seen the last of her. Or that prick Reagan, he scoffed. The sounds of a helicopter quickly approaching startled them. Both men shielded their eyes from the dust as a large chopper appeared over the dunes and landed about 100 feet away from where they lay. Men in dark black suits and sunglasses exited the chopper and bounded towards them. General Flynn! Yes? We've been looking all over for you. Boss needs you to come in and answer some questions. We've been ordered to bring you in, sir. Questions about what? About Russia, sir. Russia? Flynn Sr. looked confused. He barely had time to say goodbye to his son before he was rushed to the waiting chopper. Florida watched as it took off and disappeared over the endless sea of dunes. He took his hat off and knocked the dust from it. He gazed at the peaks of the city buildings a couple miles off in the distance. Florida took one last look at the large, sunken-in sand pit behind him before climbing to his feet and taking off through the desert. The end. Yeah, I mean, there's there's really... The choice is, is to put it out, you know, um, which we will. Yeah. 
and because there's no way to edit out the deeply disturbing images um, laid embedded within this uh, this tale. It's, Listen, you know, this is a PG film. Uh, sure. I think that some of the that's more, why they cut before he jacked. I up. think some of more the more adult content, um, mm -hmm. you know, they they kind of implied. they cut away. They, yeah, yeah. It's, it's implied. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, which is you know how all the greats do it. I mean, especially cool. Spielberg. Yeah. yeah, that's a basic Spielberg one hundred and one. Yeah, Spielberg one hundred and one. Allude to the jacking off in Spielbergian film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, when you're dealing with like ancient demonic gods like Moloch. <laughs> Um, yeah. you know, they require, I mean, it's, it's they dark stuff. It, yeah, it's not, not gonna, easy yeah. stuff, you guys. Oh, and, yeah. uh, they, yeah, you know, when you delve in, especially to something as sacred as, as, you know, the original temple, um, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to find stuff that is, uh, you know, offensive, uh, yeah. to my parents it's and not that, yeah, uh, other friends who I've recommended to listen to the podcast, even in just this week. You've been listening to the QAnon Anonymous podcast. We do not run advertising on the show. Instead, we use a straightforward $5 monthly subscription system. And for that amount, you'll get access to a second weekly episode alongside all the ones we've already recorded. So you can visit patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous to support us and help us to become completely self-sustaining. Thank you. If you'd like to come hang out, chat with us and other listeners, we've set up an easy link to join the Discord. People have been asking, is it Patreon only? And the answer is no, it's free. It's, it's open to everyone. So come join us. Discord.qanonanonymous.com. And if that link gets expired, I'll replace it. I just have to do a little copy-pasty thing. So just, just uh, hit me up in DMs if that's the case. You can also actually reach us in many different ways now, like soundcloud.qanonanonymous.com will take you somewhere, twitter.qanonanonymous.com, and one of the more useful one is lostepisodes.qanonanonymous.com. That will get you access to a little Dropbox folder with all of the lost episodes, the, the bad ones that me and Jake did not have the guidance of, of Father Travis during, and so we are just lost sheep in, in a field. and. So if you're if you're a real head and you want to go listen to those, uh, please do. But do not hold us uh, accountable, and uh, and definitely don't do it if you're a faint heart. I don't know. We've done way worse shit since then. Uh, we're we're garbage. We're trash. Our Twitter are at QAnon Anonymous, <laughs> at Travis underscore View, at Julian Field, and at Real Rocketansky. Don't at me though. What do you mean? Oh, I thought you were pointing to me to say something funner. No, no, I want you to do the closing line. Oh. Listeners, until next week, may the deep dish bless you and keep you. It's not a conspiracy, it's fact. And now, today's auto cue. We have an army of digital soldiers. What we are now, what we call, I call them, because this was an insurgency, folks. This was run like an insurgency. This was irregular warfare at its finest in politics. And that, that story will, will continue to be told here, but we have what we call citizen journalists. Okay? Because, the, because the, the journalists that we have in our media did a disservice to themselves, actually more than they did to this country. They did a disservice to themselves because they displayed an arrogance that is unprecedented. And so the American people decided to take over the idea of information. They took over the idea of information and they did it through social media.